Welcome to the Swap Meadow Community Theater Podcast, episode number six, or as I like to call it, five years later. My name is Andy Affleck. I apologize for how long it has taken us to get another podcast out the door. If it helps, I've recorded two, and so this is just the first new show. Another will be posted soon. These are strange and trying times. I know I don't need to tell you that. COVID-19 has made a mess of so much and so many are hurting. A theater thrives on live performance, and we are now unable to bring you that. So rather than turtle for the next while, we have come up with some interesting new ways to entertain you while trying to stay relevant and to get some money flowing in as well so that we can weather the storm and be here when this is all over to return to live performances. Currently, we have two things in production for you. Both will be free, and we'll be relying on donations. So if you like what we're doing, help us out so we can do more. Today I'll be speaking with longtime Swap Meadow member and newly elected assistant creative director on the Swap Meadow board, Tyler Vigent. Tyler began acting with Swap Meadow when he was a child more than 10, 12, 14 years ago. I met him soon after I joined in 2010. I acted with him in Get Mary in 2010, directed him in The Complete Works of William Shakespeare Abridged in 2013, and in MASH in 2015, and more recently we have been splitting the role of narrator in Into the Woods, currently suspended until COVID-19 is over and we can resume rehearsing. Tyler has been writing and directing a radio play version of Roston's Cyrano de Bergerac called Cyrano in Space that will be released as a free podcast this fall. We spoke, socially distant over the internet, of course, last week. I am here today with Tyler Vigent, who is the writer, director, and performing in Cyrano in Space, a space opera adaptation of Cyrano de Bergerac. Hi, Tyler. How are you today? Ah, I'm doing pretty all right. So where did you get the idea for this? Yep. So uh, back in high school, I think I was in junior year. It was either junior year or senior year. My English teachers, uh, Mrs. Blanco, had us read uh, Cyrano de Bergerac. And it, from the moment I read it, it was one of, like, I was just blown away by the dialogue and how something that was written, it, it really does did feel like a like a Shakespeare but more recent it was a fresher version like it was a more digestible Shakespeare and reading it I I just literally fell in love with the characters um especially Cyrano I have a very great affinity with um these types of characters like like that look down upon their appearance um say like the phantom from phantom of the opera or like quasimodo from uh hugo oh hunchback. uh Hunch, hunchback of notre dame yeah um but that being said i love those types of characters and i as we were reading the play I, there were certain things that were like man this is so cool and certain quote-unquote memes i would have about the play and one of them happened to be, dang, this is like, what if we did like Cyrano de Bergerac in space? Oh, that's so funny. It's like, cause everything's in space. And there's a running gag of like, uh, the Muppets did pigs in space. And then, um, oh God, there was a show called uh, Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius. And they had an episode that was uh, Macbeth in space. 
Um, so that was that was a reoccurring joke with me. And as the years went on, and as several read-throughs later, I kind of got it became less of a joke and more of a this may be a good idea. Um, the play lends itself very very well to sort of that space opera setting, um, and that's sort of where I got the idea. And it was just. Uh, it was eight, eight years ago, eight or nine years ago. So this has been a decade, almost decades long process. What makes something a space opera? What is, what is that quality uh, that makes something a space opera? Like why is Star Wars a space opera and, you know, Flash Gordon and all those things? Because it's set in space. Ha ha ha! No. So space operas have always been, uh, and you were probably... Everybody was like, he's going to say it's set in space. It's it's so... Ugh. But um, space operas are not only because of their location, of where they're set, but uh, there's a history of these sort of groundbreaking dramas that have this... Because space is so mysterious and it's one of the only... It's the final frontier. It's the only... It's so mysterious and it's so otherworldly it sets itself very very well to sort of a futuristic sci-fi setting and so when you have that and you sort of have this sort of history of these like dramas like there's a lot of um really really good um anime uh that's set in space and space opera one of my friend actually uh caleb caleb showed me a um uh, Caleb, who is actually playing Caleb McPhee, who is playing Cyrano de Bergerac in our production, uh, a couple years ago showed me it's not a space opera, but it does take place in space. Um, it's a show called it was um, uh, Commander Ty- uh, the Irresponsible Commander Tylor, um, and it's sort of this goofy show that follows this. Um, this irresponsible captain as he pilots this huge uh the spaceship yamamoto um and it, while it's not a an opera or a drama it still has those elements of drama and this grandeur of epic proportions where it's like it takes place in space and it's like oh there's so much that you can do with that and there's so much you can set that in um so I think I think that sort of sets it apart. And then opera, obviously, you know, the you have these yeet, this history of taking into consideration this history of operas and how you know operas are these massive productions where like millions of dollars. It's just these huge things. I mean, uh, what's uh, I'm blanking on it, but like operas can take. So are so so long but they're like like one of them was three cycles i forget what the you're thinking of um wagner wagner yeah like wagner has like three cycles that take place oh my god like um you would have these these people like just go and for three days there would be three different uh cycles and they would just sit and drink wine and just watch these operas and they'd be so long and so it's that sort of grandeur that fits very, very well with the grandeur and the mysteriousness of space that I think has made space operas so popular and so successful.
coming soon, an original play by Shannon McLeod called Therapy. An interesting look at fable characters in group therapy that she rewrote for a Zoom production versus a stage production. That is in the works and will be coming soon to the Swamp Meta website. We are looking to do more online work. If you have an idea, please contact us via our Facebook page, website, or just email me at director at swampmeadow.org. And now back to my interview with Tyler Bidgent about Cyrano in space. Coming back around to Mm -hmm. the, the concept of the play, before COVID kind of forced us into this world of Zoom and podcasts as opposed to yep. live theater, what ha- had you imagined this to be a stage production? No. So I – so and the reason that Cyrano de Bergerac came back into my life, and this is sort of an interesting story, um, and I, sort, I think this sort of goes back to my involvement with Smart Meadow Community Theater too. Um, I've I've been I've been with a production uh, with the company for probably about seven, sixteen since since I was sixteen. Um, and during when I went to college, I sort of took I was like on and off. I took a couple breaks, but I was always wanting to come back because I loved the. I love Swamp Meadow so much, and I, I really, really do like this organization. Um, so, uh, B, um, B, BC, before COVID, um, I was set to direct a musical for the Unplugged series over the summer, uh, Trail to Oregon. Um, and then um, once, once COVID-19 happened, this, that sort of fizzled out. And I was trying to think of things uh, because Liz had come up to me and had said, oh, hey, you know, we we had to postpone this, but is there anything else? Like, think of ideas because, I mean, we didn't have a plan. Like, who had a plan at that point? It was um, – so initially I was thinking, oh, let's do like a review or something. And when copyright and – song suggestions came into play and I was like how do we get around to that I started thinking about plays that were in the public domain and I thought back to my my um high school my uh, my high school class where I read Cyrano de Bergerac and my love for that and then I I got really really excited about the prospect of doing Cyrano de Bergerac in space because we have to do something over it really solved several problems uh we can't do plays in person um we can't do any sets so why not have bring back like sort of the classic like radio shows of like old and like like types that like orson wells did or like um back back when like the golden age of radios and you had these really awesome like radio plays that would just play in the radio and they would be intense and they'd be epic and i saw a a need for that in 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 this time of of zoom calls and whatnot and i think (laughs) that speaking about a uh, community theater's budget i i did not see a prospect i even anyone's budget i i think it would be very very expensive to mount a 
production set in space with with believable sets and costumes without going too too overboard so having it as a radio play and giving it having a narrator describe everything around you and sort of making the costumes yourself in your mind as they're being described to you is cost effective but i also think it was possible for this play to ever see the light of day well, it's not without its technical challenges because you how do you how do you get quality recording equipment to everybody during a during a I said plague, but during a pandemic. I um, mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, but and and also how do you teach them how to do everything? I mean, these are people who've never used Audacity or GarageBand or whatever in the past, and so that's been I know that's been fraught with peril. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my biggest worry going into this um even even for my standards i have i played around with audio recording i played around with audio recording before i i learned i was taught a little bit of the of the adobe editing software and i just never ended up making any projects with it um so even even my skills were a little bit rusty but um I was I was pretty um pretty surprised when a lot of people who reached out to me interested in the project had already had mic setups um and there there were a couple times where I had actually known um people and people that I have worked with before who actually that's what they did um like um Jim um Jim Kenny, who uh, is um, he's voicing our narrator, um, had an entire setup, and I believe he's coming from uh, Connecticut right now. I think that's which uh, no way unless we wanted to take a hour and a half trip, two hour trip to get him Swamp Meadow recording equipment um, safely. But I, he had his whole whole setup, and I, I believe he's voiced clips for other theaters up in his area before and then my friend Caleb who is uh Cyrano um he has his own YouTube channel that he he is making videos and recording audio every 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 week actually um uh plug caribou coon don't say I didn't do anything for you Caleb <laughs> joking uh but um but with that, we we do have we did have a couple people who never had audio equipment, and with Swamp Meadows, um, uh, with our creative studio, uh, which was a project uh, that the eboard a couple years back had uh, found funding for, uh, which is funding for like recording equipment and stuff that we can actually do online, um, and it was a very very um, nice and thoughtful grant, if I can if I remember correctly, where we were able to purchase audio equipment, which looking back now was a really, really good investment. Um, so we were able to, I think um, uh, somebody drove one of our equipments to people who don't currently have it. And then um, we're testing the waters with um, like recording on certain like 
like iPhones and just seeing we're yeah. we're really testing testing everything out right now and seeing what works and how we can do this from afar. The theater also bought uh, five new microphones to go with the two we already had um, for a total of seven. And so and weirdly, I have one of them because I wanted to test it out and then nobody came and got it from me to bring to somebody who needed it. So there's actually six in play because I have my own stuff. I'm not using that one. It's it's right behind me over here. Mm -hmm. um, but um, yeah, so that was that was interesting. But it's 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 can be frustrating. I know we, we've had uh, times where we're because I'm, I'm for our audience's um, information. I'm also in this production. And um, who were you, know, you playing, Andy? I am playing Linier, Linier, who is very drunk a lot. Um, and uh, Commander de Guiche, and uh, I think one of the deckhands, little scamp, yep. little scamp that he is. <laughs> a little devil, little de little imp. Um, but you know, we've had we've had recordings where. You can hear the problem with somebody else's setup is coming across over Zoom, which is not a high fidelity system. But mm -mm. when you hear clipping, it's clipping. It it doesn't have to yeah. be high fidelity. You can tell it's yes. something's gone wrong, and you know it's it's clear they they're very at sea with the equipment they have and how to use it. And you know it's a lot of stopping and waiting. It, it kind of reminds me of the way movies are, where you know you, mm. you spend an entire day and, and probably film minutes worth of film total. And it's just the whole day is about waiting, waiting, yep, waiting, waiting. Absolutely. You have to lots and lots of patience. Um, it's that's, that's why I've sort of tried to be as patient as possible and as understanding as I can. Um, also a little background. So this is the only the, quote-unquote second play that I've ever fully <laughs> directed and my first one was way way back when I was 17 uh, when I um, I don't know if I was the I think I was the head in my mind but um it when we did uh, Willy Wonka um, and that was the only one where I was actually heading a project and my second one was supposed to be the summer but you know uh, BC before COVID um, so that, that has been a challenge as a new director for me too, is, okay, how do, like, yes, I want, uh, we want to get this out and we want to get this done, but this is, these are interesting times and it, the time to be patient and understanding with people is now because you have all these people who want to help out and they want to do theater and there's a need i mean we all have a need to do theater because it's it's closed it's the thing that we do in our spare time so it's 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 nice to be able to have have this and so i can see the the hard work and i can see the determination and and it is frustrating. There are there are recording sessions where it's like, uh, record. Just I just I want I want to, just just wave my hands and then poof, the entire episode's there. But that's that's not how audio recording works. It's a completely different beast than um, directing and uh, physical performance. So 
And we had all made the conscious decision to not uh, just have everybody send a single Zoom call and record the Zoom call audio. Oh, absolutely. Because it, it would have been lousy quality for one thing, but it just uh, it it would have taken like three days. Yeah, we wouldn't be able to have, <laughs> it was we wouldn't have had be able to to do uh, sound effects very easily or have nope. interstitial music. I mean, we could have done it in post, but it would have been as nice. It's, well, we had tried to do it. Um, and and for those of you listening at home, the way that I'm, um, sorry, we're this is this is a together project. But the way that we're um, editing um, everything and the way that we're actually um, getting audio from everybody, um, which which therein lies the challenge. How do you get? I think we have ten actors. How do you get audio from ten different actors recording? Ten different vocal sessions, and it's like it can be done. I mean, uh, uh, anima- uh, animation studios do it all the time. Like, I mean, all the actors for The Simpsons, they, they. I mean, I think Hank Azaria, when he was on Broadway in Spamalot, just, just lived in New York for so long, and he just recorded all of his dialogue remotely. But how do you do that with a smaller community theater with several people who've never done that before? Um, and um, what they'll do and what we've decided on, we have a um, we have a uh, file sharing service. I will not plug the company that it's a part of because <laughs> I don't like them anymore. Um, wink. Um, but um, we'll, uh, they'll download, they'll record their files and then upload them and then... Uh, whoever is editing it will basically just take their files and condense it. And it's, it's a pretty uh, on paper. It's a pretty easy project uh, process, but um, I, I do see uh, hiccups along the way, especially if um, like I need another take. I, I am historically, I am a very, very hard critic. I am, a a Kubrick, if you will. No, I'm I'm so easygoing. It's but I, you know, if if the audio is not sounding great, then you know we I don't want to kill our listeners' ears. Yep, I hear you there. So, I'm trying to think what else what else we want to cover. What else should we cover? Um. We'll end with, you know, when can people hear it and what yeah. format will it be in. But what do we... Also, um, maybe the importance of... Because we will be opening, uh, a, like, um, a donation-wise. Because it's free to free to listen to, but we're accepting donations for it. Yeah, do I maybe want to something al- that? Um, maybe. I yeah, would. Okay, sure, I, think, sure, I, think, sure. I think the importance of... Um, here, I'll get the sound bite. Uh, I'll save that for the sound bite. So, <clears throat> I know one of the big experiments with this project, uh, not just this project, because there's a number of projects we have that are doing that's doing this, is. So let me let me back up. In yeah. in times of COVID, since we're not performing plays, we have no audience. Therefore, we have no income. But we still have expenses. Yes, and so. We are looking to see how can we as a theater stay solvent until this is over and we can resume plays again, live plays. And so the the big experiment is going to be releasing this show 
as a podcast over multiple episodes for free, but encouraging donations. Yes, and that's that's very very important for I mean the I would say the survival of Swamp Meadow Community Theater um you know it's 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 like being closed for well over I mean we we haven't done a production since um last December and it we the board recently with how things are currently looking uh we have postponed our fall season for now as of right now um with the news that has come out and it's very very hard for i mean we are very small community theater and a lot of our our oh what is it called what we get (laughs) a lot of our um i wouldn't say income because we're a non-profit it's um a lot of our funding Ah. i'm gonna say that one more time so you can get the bite as a community theater, a lot of our funding comes from outside sources and grants and applying for uh, grants and whatnot, as well as selling tickets and fundraisers. And we can't do fundraising when we don't have events to fund and we can't have productions if nobody's there. So currently we're just sort of draining money and we want to be able to be there for the community when we open back up and without donations and without people helping us through this time i don't really see if that would be a possibility if we you know if we continue well let's hope that we do when is this going to be available uh, so we are scheduled to release episode one sometime in the fall. Um, this is a five-part, um, a five-episode podcast that we'll be releasing subsequently after the first episode. Uh, but look for it somewhere around fall. Um, it's going. We're mainly going to be on the um, the Swamp Meadow Community Theater uh, website uh, at sm. Uh, it's swampmeadow.org swampmeadow.org um and we're hoping to be hosted on most major podcast sites all right thank you very much thank you andy Thanks for listening. If you have any ideas for upcoming shows, or better still, if you would like to record and post your own shows, drop me a line, andy at andyaffleck.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Until next time, take care.